Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show 109, released on January 29th, 2014. Our first podcast for the new year. So happy new year, everyone. And happy new year to my co-host, Scotty V. Hey, Scott. Hello, Steve. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I hope everything is going well for you. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, New Year. It's two. Can you believe it's 2014? I know it's crazy to think that 2013 uh, is gone, done, finished. It was such a big year that we were looking forward to. In our last podcast, we spoke about you know what we uh, enjoyed most about the year and what we're looking forward to in this year and. And here we are already at the end of January, uh, the first month of, of, you know, the 12-month year is already gone, and uh, the first podcast of the year is upon us. <coughs> Excuse me, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just, I heard on the radio the other day that that Heath Ledger died six years ago, and I, wow. I, I just couldn't even, it just seems like it was so recent yeah. and and here we are 6 years later already that means my oldest daughter who is 7 was 1 years old and it's just you know I have another daughter who's going to be 4 in April just time just gets just flies by and of course with all the superman movie news and everything else that went on in 2013 i, I guess it helps because there's so much to be excited about on a daily basis and, and even now with all the rumors that are coming out and things you're hearing and things you're worried about and concerned about and as far as, you know, the real important things in life, you know, whether or not the Superman sequel is going to be good. Mm. Well, as I say, time flies when you're having fun and it's definitely fun uh, speculating and uh, checking out all the rumors and everything like that in regards to the upcoming movie. But we do have an official announcement that we obviously need to speak about at the top of the show, and that is the fact that Warner Brothers announced that the upcoming as-yet-untitled Superman-Batman movie was uh, pushed back for its release date to May 6, 2016, instead of the July 2015 date that had been uh, previously announced. So a 10-month delay for the release date. Well, I think what's likely happening here, most, you know, most likely there have been speculations made by myself, but based on just concerns I have, nothing, nothing concrete and nothing really that I, I think is necessarily likely. But what's probably going on is uh, they were just a little overzealous. They were excited. They wanted to make an announcement uh, at Comic-Con. They, they quickly got something together. They got uh, Harry Lennox in there and they and they just you know got you know too excited for their own good and, and said oh yes July we're ready we're on time we're on schedule we know what's going on and and you have uh, people like Goyer coming out and saying people people don't realize how far we are along in this we've got a lot more done than people think and then uh, you turn around and they're announcing that uh, it's a, it's a 10 months longer than what was initially announced and as we well, Steve posted on the site an, an article, and, and I've seen it in different places as well, the idea that any kind of a delay based on the time frame and based on other movies that are coming out at holiday time, uh, really any delay of any significance would end up pushing it to the point where it ended up, and that is May 6, 2016 at this point. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, they may have been overzealous in uh, you know, announcing a July 2015 date at that time, uh, a lot of people were complaining that it was too quick, that it was they were rushing it, that they didn't think there was enough time for them to do a movie of this magnitude within that time frame. And 
yeah, as the Forbes.com article stated, even if there was a delay of, say, 10 weeks in the production, um, then that would have pushed back the release date to the first available summer weekend in the following year, which in the summer movie schedules is uh, beginning of May uh, for the US. And so it makes sense. Uh, they're still, from what we've understood and what we've seen online, forging ahead with their uh, production, you know, filming. The, the cast is still expected to begin filming in February. Uh, they're in Michigan. Zack Snyder has been spotted and taken photos uh, with uh, staff at uh, the university there. And, uh, you know, the, the Kent farm has still been, re you know, rebuilt. Uh, so all these things are still happening within February, March of this year. Uh, it just means that Obviously, to get the film uh, done and you know and and in the fashion that they want with the special effects and everything, uh, it's going to push them back a little bit in their schedule. And as we've just said, any kind of delay, whether it be you know ten week delay, uh, would necessitate them pushing it back to the beginning of summer in the the, the following year, uh, where as you mentioned, there are certain movies being released. In uh, the, you know the Christmas break, there's other big movies already being done at the end of that of 2015. So um, Warner Brothers seem to be uh, seem to want to put their big blockbuster movies in a summer time slot, summer release slot, and so that necessitated Superman, Batman being pushed back to May of 2016. Well, it makes sense in that regard, and I do think uh, that it's possible, uh, obviously that there are script issues based on the fact that they brought another guy in, that they do need time. And, of course, the official announcement is to give the filmmakers time to realize their vision. And mm -hmm. that is true, I'm sure, but it also could, you know, give them time to realize their vision could mean a whole lot of things. And that could that could be as simple as, well, we, we realized after making the announcement that the amount of action, the amount of things that are going to go on in this movie, we're going to need more time than what we initially announced. But it could also mean uh, we got script problems all over the place. Uh, we have issues between actors. We have issues between directors. We have issues in creative forces. I uh, just came out this past week in my great Scott, and I gave some reasons why I think there is some trouble brewing on the set and that of course is just one side of my opinion my other opinion is it's probably just a standard delay based on what they realize they're going to actually need and as far as them filming in michigan in february or march uh, these are time slots that were already booked this this is money that was already spent this is uh sets that were already built these are hired hired actors that are already ready and hired crews that were already planning on doing this so if there are issues in the script or in the production, they may try to get everything they can out of what they think they might be able to use in order to not lose all that money, whatever it is that they have to put out there in order to set up a shoot like this or several shoots or however many shoots are going to go on in this Michigan area this quickly. And as you said, it did seem like a rush as far as announcing such a big project and then forging ahead and saying we're going to start filming right in when was it October or November when they filmed that football game mm -hmm. just seemed really quick to be jumping right back into it and on one hand that's exciting because you want to get to the movie quickly but on the other hand now you're in this position where you have to come out and say no 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 we're not quite ready it's going to be another year 
uh, in addition to what we originally said. So that takes us to May of 2016 instead of July of 2015. And it's a little embarrassing. I mean, it does happen. You know, some of the commenters were saying, I don't, I don't see what the big deal is. There are delays in movies all the time. It's a Hollywood thing. It happens all the time. And that is true. But when you've got such a big tent pole and so much riding on this and the idea that maybe Man of Steel didn't do everything you wanted it to do, so you're trying to stack the deck in your favor so that the second movie, whatever it is, with Superman and Batman and whoever else and whatever the plot is and whatever goes on, really does do what you wanted it to do in the first place, you probably need to set it up a little bit better and take your time with making announcements like we're going to have this movie ready in less than a year and a half. But they didn't do that. And now we are where we are. And that may not be such a negative thing considering the size of the project and all the new rumors we keep hearing over and over again about how much bigger this movie seems to be getting by the minute. Yeah, well, we can't forget that the same thing happened with Man of Steel itself. It was announced to be a December 2012 movie originally and then got pushed back to June 2013. So that was a six-month delay, and obviously that maybe suited them better because of being a summer release rather than a winter release. And uh, I guess looking at what the winter is doing there, what the weather is doing there in the U.S. for you guys at the moment, it's probably a safer bet to release a movie in the summer months because people just won't get, be able to get to the cinema if they're snowed in like is happening uh, all over the, the, the shop there. Well, I'm frozen in ice right now. I'm currently <laughs> recording, but, uh, but I'm frozen. Uh, everything but my lips and, and my uh, ears are, are frozen right now. But, uh, but I'm okay, so don't, you know, don't get concerned. You don't need to send any helicopters after me. I'll be all right. But, uh, yeah, it's been something over here. Uh, and certainly uh, summer is, is generally considered a more busy time for, for big, giant blockbusters, although there's usually one like The Hobbit this year and and, mm-hmm. uh, and then the first Hobbit last year. And I guess this coming year there will be another Hobbit movie. Yeah, I think also um, I think the Star Wars movies are put into a December or maybe it's another Marvel movie. I'm not sure, but uh... it's true. There is a there is supposed to be a Star Wars movie. Uh, normally, uh, Star Wars. Uh, if you look back in in history, I, I believe the Star Wars movies were released in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were released within a year period, uh, six months of each other. I, I seem to remember that maybe being the case but uh with all the new movies it was like may 18th or something uh for the three new star wars movies so i kind of started to get into my head that may was star wars month but uh thinking back i I think i remember someone telling me at one time that those two movies were ready at almost the same time and empire and and return of the jedi were released uh within a year less than a year of each other six months of each other so you might have had one at the beginning of the summer and one at the end of the year but Regardless of whatever that was, I think you're right in that the new Star Wars movie is supposed to be in uh, December of 2015, which is another reason why if you did have to delay, you you would have to avoid that holiday. Not to say that you might not have a huge hit on your hands, but but why have such uh, why have such a giant, you know, heavily anticipated franchise film? Uh, be released on the same week or in the same couple of weeks as as your movie. Uh, but with Marvel and everything that's going on, there's a good chance that just like this uh, Superman movie, The Man of Steel, 
you're going to have a movie on either side and you're going to have a movie in the second week. So you're really only going to have that one week anyway to yourself. Although it does seem like Marvel sometimes gets two or three weeks before something big uh, comes out. So I'm not sure exactly how that works, but that may have figured into it too. Maybe they thought if they took May 6th that, that, that as of right now, there's no big movie scheduled. I don't know what it is, but maybe the next big Marvel movie is May 18th, two weeks later, which then gives them two weeks as opposed to the one week they had with Man of Steel. Yeah, I actually heard that Marvel had uh, uh, put, you know, stamped the May 6th as a big release date for a movie that they haven't yet said what it would be, but that May 6th was, you know, expected date of a release for one of their films. And, you know, whether or not DC are playing chicken with that uh, release date with Marvel at the moment to see, because Marvel haven't solidified what movie is being released, released on May 6th from them, whether or not Marvel will now move uh, their date because they've done that with, uh, I think it's Ant-Man now, is now going to be pushed into the July 2015 uh, weekend that uh, Man of Superman and Batman movie was supposed to originally be in. Now Marvel have shifted that to take advantage of that weekend. and So there's a bit of uh, cat and mouse being played between Warner Brothers and the Marvel uh, universe of movies to see uh, you know, who can one-up the other in the stakes of, uh, of the big-budget films. Well, the other thing that could be, too, is uh, I think Marvel has kind of had that first big blockbuster movie locked up for the last few years, and, and DC might be trying to say, you didn't announce anything, we're taking it. This is our date now, mm. and if you still want to bring your movie out, then go ahead, you know, bring it, you know, tap in their chest and uh, come at me, bro, kind of a way. <laughs> Well, as we stated, uh, Michigan filming is supposed to start sometime in the spring, according to the Michigan Film Office there. So, uh, and as we've stated, Brian uh, Brian Singer, where did I get Brian Singer from? Zack Snyder. No, has... Brian Singer would never be hired <laughs> to direct a Superman movie. Come now. Uh, Zack Snyder has been spotted there at the uh, Michigan State University, uh, just checking out certain, maybe the library there as a possible location shoot. He may have just been in there doing research for all we know. Who knows what these uh, directors do in their downtime or in, you know, in their uh, everyday uh, requirements for the movie. But uh, he was spotted there, took photos with some of the staff and faculty there. And uh, that started rumours about, uh, you know, what they would be looking at in Michigan, where they would be filming uh, certain things have already been stated as being, you know, locations for where they're filming a, a, an old Scout Girl um, uh, place uh, was there as a, somewhere in near Michigan was being, uh, you know, a, uh, a as a place where they were going to be starting filming and the the uh, it was a former camp grounds there for the Girl Scouts uh, were uh, supposedly going to be uh, used as a location uh, Camp Metamora, I think it's called off Cayley Road near Flint, Michigan. Uh, so all these locations in Michigan are heating up for a start in February, March, and uh, that's good news uh, that they're actually moving forward with certain things. Like you said, Scotty, maybe these things had already been booked in advance, and so they need to move forward with them because that's money they've already spent. And uh, we'll wait and see uh, whether we get some of those photos that we get from people who are out and about with their mobile phones and their long lens cameras trying to take these photos of, uh, of location shoots. Well, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it was a park ranger or, 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 or a pol political figure. Somebody was saying uh, in one of the stories 
that was posted on on the homepage uh, that there was a lake back there and that they were building a house there. There was going to be some kind of a scene with a house on a lake. Uh, yeah, it was you know, the, uh, the town fire, township fire chief. Oh, okay. So it's interesting to know, you know, this early and and knowing now that we have until 2016, uh, two years. Uh, the the idea that uh, something that kind of uh, specific is going on. There's going to be a house built on this lake, and something is supposed to shoot there. At least supposed to. Who, mm. who knows exactly what will happen? But uh, and thinking about the implications of what that might mean. You know, is this some sort of a hideaway for someone? Is you know, could Bruce Bruce Wayne be out in the wilderness somewhere tracking somebody because? A lot of what we've heard is that he's retired from the crime-fighting business, but uh, obviously he's going to somehow come back into it for this film is what it sounds like. But but uh, as we've said, speculation and rumor, just like with Man of Steel leading up to it uh, over the time period that we had to wait and then the delay, same thing here, and it's just going to be more and more as time goes on. Yeah, now they're spending about $131 million in the Michigan area uh, for this movie uh, having received 35 million incentive from the Michigan Film Office to uh, to work in the area, so uh, you know, nice relationship there for the uh, for the area. And uh, as you said, money is being spent in that area, and uh, they're moving forward with filming. and And there has been lots of speculation about what this movie is about, who's in it, why the delay. You know, we heard in, heard movies about injuries to Ben Affleck. First it was a leg injury, but then he appeared on the SAG Awards walking perfectly fine. And so people said, no, it's a rib injury, which is a lot harder to uh, <laughs> to uh, notice. So, uh, But uh, this all just seems to be a bit of hot air as people try to you know, s- grab at straws for what you know, could possibly be the delay, you know, looking for something that's a bit more sinister, where it could just be, f- like as the press release said, that they need more time to you know, realise their... Uh, their vision for the film, so uh, there may not be, you know, much to it. There may be stuff to it, like you said, you know, script problems. You know, Chris Terrio from Argo came on board as a script writer. People are saying, well, maybe he's on board to help write out and finish up a Justice League script, because there's been uh, rumours about them possibly filming the Superman Batman movie back to back with a Justice League movie. I heard about this, and that is an interesting take on it obviously uh, nothing has come out as far as being official but the idea that why there are so many rumors flying around why there are so many mentions of different heroes and different people and different villains and different things kind of swirling around could be because there are actually two movies being made at the same time and people are just hearing a little bit from each and saying well we only know about one that's been announced so it must be for that and 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 if it could turn out that they're actually filming two movies back to back i think that would be the first major step by dc to kind of do the right thing in terms of a shared universe yeah, it uh, remains to be seen what they do. Uh, that rumor started on latinareview.com uh, in regards to the possibility of them filming uh, the Superman-Batman movie back-to-back with uh, a Justice League movie. There, As you said, no official announcement on that front. It's all speculation. It has been done before. Superman the movie and Superman 2 were initially shot back-to-back at the same time. Uh, and then things had to, uh, they, you know, uh, removed 
the director, um, and then they decided, look, let's concentrate on Superman the movie, finish that off uh, so that we can get that on our release date because that also was pushing its, uh, you know, supposed to be released in 1978 and uh, it was looking, you know, like it was going to miss 1978's release date until it finally got uh, shown in de- late December of 1978 and then Superman 2 came out uh, two, three years later uh, with uh, a new director, you know, Richard Donner having been axed from Superman, the, uh, from after Superman the movie was finished and uh, Superman 2 finished uh, by Richard Lester. So, uh, you know, it's not unheard of for films to be filmed back to back. Uh, but there has been no official announcement from Warner Brothers that this is happening. There's been, been no official announcement from Warner Brothers that a Justice League movie is happening, period. But uh, we know uh, with speculation that there's somewhere that they're aiming for down the line. It would be silly if they weren't aiming for a Justice League movie at some stage in the coming years, but uh, it remains to be seen whether or not it, Justice League is happening on the back of the Superman-Batman movie. Well, some of my speculation based on... Um what I definitely took to mean that Zach was unhappy with having to add Batman and and now having to try and have them face off in some way or another with his statement that that was, uh, listen, at the end of the day, the studio's the boss, and it's not really the direction that I was going to go, but they're the boss, and if that's what they want, and it is, I have to do that. I work for them. You know, there was speculation whenever that was six months ago when that was first said. I thought this could mean bad things. This could mean he backs out. This could mean the creative differences. And then I started to think the same exact thing happened with Richard Donner and the studio back during the filming of of Superman 1 and 2, what you were just talking about. There was creative differences. There was arguments. There was whatever it was and whatever it came to, he ended up uh, walking out of the project or being fired from the project or a little bit of both or whatever it was. And then they brought in Richard Lester. And and most fans talk about Donner being up here where Richard Lester is kind of this – on a slower tier and uh, you know i i don't i don't know what's true and what's not true and the same thing as what's going on with this this movie or movies or whatever it is that might happen we we really don't know until we know and until there's announcement made and until something happens but a lot of the things that seem seem to hit us in the face one after another that just seem negative could just end up being things that happen on a big major Hollywood production and maybe everything ends up okay. Uh, But it did seem for sure with Zach's statement that he wasn't particularly happy about having to change whatever his vision was in order to uh, accommodate what the studio was telling him to do. And I kind of got the impression that during the Dark Knight trilogy, Nolan really was the boss. And then there was all that talk about him being godfather of the DC universe and on film and, and, and at least godfather of the next film, which was Man of Steel. And and then we started to hear that he kind of was stepped back from that and he didn't have that much to do with it. And, and then people were saying, well, maybe that's why Man of Steel had so many issues and maybe that's why they're bringing in other people and maybe they should go back to Nolan and, and this and that because everything's up in turmoil. And uh, the idea that for whatever reason, Nolan, who before the Dark Knight trilogy was a lesser known director, suddenly became this guy who they were going to let do anything he wanted to their Batman character. While it seems, on the other hand, that Zack Snyder wasn't given the same kind of leeway or at least isn't now at this point. And, and that, again, leads me to believe that there is displeasure with the studio uh, 
that they they didn't like how it ended up, even though we were hearing for months before the film released that all the executives loved it, that we're going to be on the edge of our seats, that it's it's going to be so wonderful. And then, as I said, it's so easy to back away from that statement and those statements and that idea when you realize that maybe it wasn't everything you had hoped. But it does seem like a success. Obviously, there's a lot of critical negativity toward it. And, and then I guess the fan base is fairly split. But that could also account for some of the delay. They're trying to get right what was gotten wrong, whatever that may be. And whatever it is for you or, or I or whatever listeners, we all have our things that we like and we don't like. Even though I love the movie, there were things I may have done differently or things I might have changed. And, and maybe they're trying to really make sure that they get this one as right as they can. But as we both said, and as everybody, you know, we've heard this many, many times, you can't possibly please everyone in this type of a situation. Mm, yeah, it's interesting to speculate on all those kinds of things. Um, you know, there is what from the outside looks like, uh, you know, appears to be a certain way. And we will never know what is you know, what the machinations are behind the scenes, uh, what the relationships are, who's saying what, who likes what uh, at Warner Brothers within the executives, the directors, the producers. Uh, it's all hearsay online. It's all, you know, just he said, she said types of things. Uh, we don't know, um, you know, what one person can see as being a negative um, reaction. Other people might see as being a positive thing. And, and you know, uh, we, we do know that Man is still as a reboot was one of the most successful superhero movies uh you know probably the most successful superhero reboot uh, did more than batman begins did uh at the box office so um you know it's it's interesting to, to you know the reactions certain fans have certain people have towards things like you know announcing a new movie that has batman in it and Wonder Woman and, and people saying, well, that means Superman is not popular or that means Man of Steel didn't do what they wanted. Where other people can say, look, Man of Steel was so successful that they want to use it as a launch pad for the rest of the DC universe and have these new versions of the characters springboard off of Superman's success. Uh, so it's interesting the different uh, readings people take on a particular situation. It certainly is. Uh, I think I think a lot of that comes from, at least from my personal standpoint, comes from the idea that for years and years now I have seen Batman uh, kind of rise to the top of the DC universe and be be the forefront in every image, be the be the main feature in in every story, be the guy who knows everything, does everything. You know, we've talked about this before, but mm. so so it was no surprise. Even though it was a surprise, it wasn't that surprising that they were going to go with Batman to try and uh, make the movie even more exciting or even better. Um, and then, and then, of course, we get into the whole versus thing, which is crazy. But the other thing I wanted to mention, you were mentioning um, the delay and maybe an injury to Ben Affleck and these rumors that had come out, which, again, are unsubstantiated and, and have never actually been said by anyone other than whoever was rumoring it. The idea that when I when I saw Ben Affleck on the Golden Globes, he did not look particularly buff. He actually looked kind of skinny, which which reminded me of Henry Cavill. And, and actually in Man of Steel, I don't know if I'm right or not, but it looks to me like some of the scenes that we know were filmed earlier and, and where he's meant to look younger and, and he does look – skinnier and i know that they were on a real regimen and regimens take time you you need time to actually build that muscle and get yourself bigger you can't you can't come in a, a skinny basketball player looking guy and and come out 5 minutes later looking like hercules 
it doesn't work that way. So if you're going to start filming this early and Affleck and now Gal Gadot were just cast and, and many people have already said she's way too small to be Wonder Woman. She's way too skinny. They're going to need time for whatever it is they're filming when they become the heroes that they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And even Henry Cavill, we've seen pictures of him having slimmed down since the filming of the first movie, which is another reason why it's a great idea to film these types of things back to back. The actors, the sets that are being built, the money that's being spent. If you can if you can get that regimen in and film both movies while they're already buffed instead of letting a year go by and then say, well, now they've been out of training and they're and then you got new actors coming in now, of course, that have to be buffed up and and you know i've never really seen affleck looking like a huge or even super muscular i guess he's been in shape but skinny is different than what batman generally looks like and certainly the same applies to wonder woman so another reason why i think there could be a delay is because both of them are still super skinny and so is henry cavill and they need time to to they might be able to film some some Bruce Wayne stuff where he's in a suit and you can't really tell, uh, you know, a, 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 a three-piece suit or something. But for for times when they're going to be their superhero counterparts, I think they still need, you know, if you look at behind the behind-the-scenes stuff for Man of Steel, even Feora, who I kind of liken to this Wonder Woman situation when people complain that she's way too small, she will go through that vigorous training routine and probably even more, more closer to what Henry Cavill had to do. In order to become Wonder Woman, she's not going to go and film as Wonder Woman the way she looks right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That could also be a factor in the delay, as could the weather, because as we've seen, uh, the snow is so uh, predominant there, and in, in you know, especially in uh, the Yorkville, Illinois area where the Kent farm was shot, that uh, they may need the, the extra time for the to the weather to settle down and for them to be able to film not in snow if that's what the script requires. So. Uh, there could be a number of factors that uh, add up to uh, the delay that has been announced. Now, speaking of Gal Gadot, yeah. I mean, she she confirmed a three picture deal uh, for Wonder Woman. Which, when I heard that, I was kind of floored because no other hero, including Batman, and as far as I know, including Henry Cavill, has been confirmed for an ongoing series of films. Well, I think most actors these days, and the, I think it's a standard within Hollywood that they sign them for a three-picture deal. Like they have, they sign them for the movie that they need them for, with a option for two extra films. Most actors sign a three-picture deal these days uh, just to cover the the studio for you know them having you know if the movie's a success and they need a sequel, then the, they've already the actors already on board. Um, so it's not necessarily that much of a surprise. For to hear that she has been on sign on for a three picture deal, or you know the the ex, other two movies may not have even been written yet, or even been decided whether it's a Justice League or a Wonder Woman standalone film, but they've got her signed up just in case they do move on to those areas. It's very exciting. I've said, you know, for for a long time that that, that Wonder Woman's long overdue for, for for some kind of screen service. So I'm I'm very glad she was cast. And and I still hope that both Batman and Wonder Woman have smallish roles in this movie. But obviously, again, based on all the rumors, it certainly doesn't seem that way, at least with Batman. But uh, I definitely want to see uh, that springboard into a Wonder Woman movie. And, and uh, it looks like prob- probably Justice League. So that would be her three movies. Mm, now, what was surprising was that she – well, I don't know – 
of course, the, the, the TV show she was on is Israel's uh, Good Evening with Guy Pines, uh, which is all in, his, his, uh, in their national language. So it's hard to know exactly what she said, even though there are some videos out there with the subtitles on there. But they said that she'll receive $300,000 to appear in the upcoming movie uh, or in all three movies. Uh, matter of fact, one of the uh, announcements I saw, which seems... 300000 for the for the Superman-Batman movie might indicate that her role is a lesser role and it's more of a, you know, a, a, a small, cam, not a cameo, but, you know, a smaller role, not necessarily as involved as a lead actor would be, but you would think that she'd receive more for a standalone Wonder Woman movie. So uh, it's surprising to actually see a number given for a contract because that's not usually announced or revealed when uh, actors sign on for films. Now... Are we certain that it's that it was that it was three hundred k for for all three films? Not as in three hundred thousand per film is what I'd heard. Oh, okay, okay. But that still sounds uh, a small amount if she is in, in indeed if one of those movies is a standalone Wonder Woman movie. Well, maybe it's small at this point, but you could look at it. I guess a number. You could look at it different ways. Three hundred thousand for whatever her role is in this first film. Uh, kind sense. of an un, kind of an unknown. She was in the Fast and the Furious Six, and and she's a model. Other than that, a fashion model, not even a not even a super famous, um, you know, a supermodel or something. So, she, you know, it's her first real important role, mm-hmm. and and she's in a going to be in a franchise film, and and if she's getting three hundred thousand, that's I think that's pretty good. I, I was I was listening to uh, Zachary Quinto, who pay, who plays Spock in the new Star Trek movies, on an interview the other day on Howard Stern, uh, talking about how he was getting. I think he got. I can't remember the exact figure, but it might have been something like two hundred thousand to play Spock. And Spock is is a huge character in in. in in just in the in fiction in general, but but in these particular movies, it's not like he's a small a one-off. And you would think that Wonder Woman in a movie that already has that's supposed to be a Man of Steel sequel and now mm. already has Batman supposedly playing a pretty substantial role, it doesn't seem to leave that much room for also Wonder Woman to have a substantial role. And now we have an unknown actor pretty much coming in to play Wonder Woman, getting paid three hundred K if 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 we're understanding correctly for one movie and the same three hundred K for two movies. But depending on what the contract is, I'm certain that there are other clauses in there that would increase her to a certain extent each time, depending on how successful they are or whatever. But based on what Zachary Quinto was saying, they didn't get back end deals, they didn't get parts of the profits or anything like that. And that goes that kind of plays into what you were saying about actors signing up for three movies. They signed up for three movies at the beginning. Mm. And that meant that their raises and the types of extra money that they would get for each film were limited. Whereas if you go in with just one movie and then it's hugely successful, they of course are going to want you back, which means your agents and your publicists and all that are going to be able to do whatever they can do behind the scenes to get you much more money than you would get if you signed a a three-picture deal, as you were saying, many actors do. And the studios are smart, obviously, to do that because they expect something like Star Trek to be a multiple-picture franchise, the same as I hope they're trying to do with the superhero franchise that, that is springing off of Man of Steel. Yeah, now uh, in amongst those announcements from Gal Gadot, she also confirmed that she'll be she's scheduled to begin filming in May. Uh, so that gives her a couple of uh, extra months 
uh, from what we've heard about February uh, for her to get into uh, more uh, more into the gym to build her physique uh, for the role, whatever the role may be. She, you know, whether she appears as Wonder Woman, whether she appears as Diana, uh, it's it'll be interesting to see uh, how that extra few months allows her to build her physique. Now, based on what we saw on the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, they were working pretty hard, and I think, I mean, that's that's five more months or whatever from the time she was announced. Mm -hmm. That's plenty of time with the kind of regimen they're on with professionals. You know, that's their job at this point. That yeah. that three hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is includes all of this stuff. You know, yeah. our eight-hour day might be going to work and doing whatever we do. Their work is six hours in the gym and then a meal and then five more hours in the gym, you know, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. that's part of the whole deal. And, and uh, that gives her plenty of time. Exactly. So uh, we'll wait and see uh, how all that pans out and what happens uh, come May uh, mm -hmm. for the beginning of, uh, of her scheduled filming uh, for this upcoming film. Now, there was a pretty flaky um, announcement or a rumour that started on a message board in regards to possible plot details for the upcoming Superman Batman movie. Uh, leaked by someone from the art department. Yeah. Now the rumor, well, the story goes that this person was either fired or left the production due to the 10 month delay. Like if you are, you know, contracted due to, to work on a particular movie as a storyboard artist or as, you know, a concept artist, whatever it might be. And then that, they say to look, you know, the movie's been pushed back. We're not going to need you for another six months. You know, go find whatever other work you can for that time period or sorry, we have to let you go. Th those things possible can happen. But you would surely think that there would be a non-disclosure uh, arrangement with that contract that you were let go from or whatever it might be that would um, stop you or prevent you from then going on the internet on a message board at some well, I think it was NeoGAF or NeoGAF forums, a game forum, and leaking some uh, details to the public about what you'd heard what the story was supposed to be about. And honestly, from my point of view, they seem pretty flaky. Well, certainly you're correct. There would be a non-disclosure agreement based on everything we've heard. There would have to be. Uh, but if this is just some random person who left the production or got fired, he could he could decide or she could decide to break that arrangement and hope that no one discovers that it was the, that it was that individual that specific individual i'm sure other people have left the production or have been involved in the production or it could even be someone that's still involved with the production if this stuff happened to be true and there would be no way to prove who it was that actually did it so even though you you sign a non-disclosure agreement Rumors get out all the time that mm. end up being true about all kinds of movies, and I'm sure on all of those movies there's some sort of non-disclosure agreement. But you know, you slip it to your wife, you know, you say it to your wife, and then she says it to a friend, and then it, you know, and then it's out there somewhere, and you're probably not supposed to disclose it to anyone, including family members, because they talk to people and they might meet somebody or they might say something on YouTube or put it on Facebook or or a forums like this. Or, as you say, it's 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 completely uh, untrue. Or maybe some of it is true. Or maybe some of the ideas are true. Or or maybe none of it's true. Mm, well, the... A lot of what we hear, you know, villains like Lex Luthor and yep. Metallo. Lois is investigating Lex. The Daily Planet is bought by Lex Luthor. These kind of things 
seem kind of reasonable. So you could make them up if that's what you were after. Yeah, I mean, some of those plot details you mentioned have been done in the comic books before. You know, Lex Luthor did buy the Daily Planet at one point in the comic book stories. Lois has investigated Lex Luthor. Uh, you know, Lex and, and Mattello have been, uh, you know, connected in stories. You know, Lex Luthor, even in the Superman animated series, that's where how Mattello started. Uh, so, you know, a lot of these things are not outside the realms of possibility. They just may be fabricated for the sake of starting rumours. Of course. And, and, and dry, you know, trying to drive more traffic to your site or having people hear. But, you know, even even reposting the idea that this rumor was put somewhere and then and then listing them as the source uh, gets the gets people to possibly click on those sources and then read other stories. And so they get more hits to their site. Not to say that that's what it was, but that's certainly something that is going to that is going to increase numbers to any site that 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 releases something like that yeah like the one that we saw uh not too long ago about uh, ben affleck having left the superman batman movie did we hear that I didn't oh yeah that. i didn't post it on the website because it's just blatantly ridiculous uh but yeah there was a rumor going around that uh ben affleck had uh was you know upset at the the delay and decided to leave the film oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's something like that. Uh, and again, this is all speculation on my part, but but I'm guessing that there was a much bigger deal in place to lure Ben Affleck into this production. This is a guy who has made it pretty clear that he didn't want anything to do with being a superhero ever again. And it's a guy that has made it pretty clear that he's mostly interested in directing and he'll act if he's the director in the movie that he's acting in. And to come on to a superhero franchise that is supposedly about another superhero as a guy that's a little older who said he didn't want to be superheroes anymore? There was probably some sort of other incentives. They couldn't just they couldn't just present him with the idea. Hey, we're kind of floating around an idea that Superman and Batman are going to be in a movie together. Want to do it? Oh yes, let's go. <laughs> there had to be something else there that brought him in. So even if there's a delay, even if there are some differences or some thoughts about what he would do if he was the director or whatever, he's probably not going to run out of there because I think that there's some reward at the end of the rainbow. And I mentioned this before, that could be that he'll be allowed to direct a, a Batman film, that he'll be allowed to direct J Justice League or that he's already been hired for that sort of thing. And of course, that's me just speculating again, but it's based on all of the knowledge that I have from 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 a history of seeing what's gone on with people like Ben Affleck and the idea that he himself is an older actor, not an old, but I mean, he's not really a prime age to play Batman. And we've already heard there's going to be a break there in what we would normally expect the first meeting between Batman and Superman to be because Batman's going to be much older. So you think about him being a director, being a creative force in Hollywood these days and winning all these awards for being that creative force, not for being an actor. And you think there's got to be something more to it than just you get to wear a bat suit and jump around in a, in a possible Superman Batman movie. So, yeah, I mean, something like that, as you say, does sound pretty absurd that, that he would walk out uh, on it. Yeah, so we wait and see how this movie pans out. Uh, we do have an extra 10 months now of... Uh, fun and games with uh, rumour and speculation to uh, to play with over that period of time. But uh, lock in May 6th, 2016, at this point in time, 
for the release date of the Superman Batman movie. Now, let's look elsewhere in the movie world, and this one was a bit of a surprise. Uh, we learned about a stealth release of a new Target exclusive director DVD animated movie titled JLA Adventures Trapped in Time, which hit shelves on January 21st. Uh, like I said, it was Target exclusive. You can't uh, get it in any other stores. Uh, you can get it online, but it's a little bit overpriced compared to what you can pick it up at a Target store in the USA. Sadly, not released in Target stores here in Australia that I've seen. Uh, is this something you've managed to pick up yet, Scotty? I haven't been able to pick it up myself, but it is kind of weird that, you know, you mentioned that it's a stealth release. The mm. idea that any marketing company for any studio would release a stealth product that nobody knows about just seems absurd to me. I mean, don't you want people to buy this? And and I've thought about this before. Like Walmart has a lot of exclusives with musicians where you can only get a musician C CD if you go to Walmart. And if you're that if you're that musician or you're the studio releasing this movie, wouldn't you want wide release? Wouldn't you want there to be people that are going to buy it? You know, unless it's like a three minute or nine minute something that goes with their toy line, which is what I read. Not that it's three minutes, but the idea that it's supposed to connect with the toy line for the JLA action figures that they sell at Target. But you would think that they would still want to get some sort of advertisement out there somewhere other than just people walking through Target who happen to see it and say, oh, little Johnny would like this if I bought it for him. Um, how many sales are you going to get from grandmothers who are picking it up as a as a, as a uh, impulse buy at the register? Yeah, it was strange. Uh, the director, Giancarlo Volpe, I think he's how you pronounce his name, he did the Green Lantern, the animated series, uh, he was interviewed by Voices from Krypton asking about this and um, to kind of backtrack a little bit first, the only real, only way I found out about it was someone tweeted a picture of a Target catalogue, a newsletter, like a, a, a you know, flyer that you get in the, the mailbox about you know upcoming specials and things that they've got in store and uh, there was this JLA Adventures DVD that uh, fans took a photo of and asked uh, Warner Brothers about on Twitter and um, you know the usual guys who were involved at Warner Brothers for their you know animated movie releases were going well no, it's not something we're released it's uh, you know it's a target exclusive um, which was you know we don't know much more about it uh, so this uh, Giancarlo uh, Volp uh, said that basically he it was something they were asked to develop a Justice League project but that didn't work out so when this came around um, they're only given like a 44-minute time frame or 50-minute time frame. And so the other impetus for it was to essentially modernise the Super Friends TV show. So this is aimed at a younger audience, the audience that, you know, the Super Friends of the 1970s, early 80s was aimed at, uh, where the anim animated films that we're getting from Warner Brothers proper, uh, you know, like Justice League War, which is uh, about to be released, are more adult-orientated films uh, because there's language, there's violence, there's you know Lois Lane giving the middle finger to Brainiac. There's these types of things happening that are not necessarily things that you want your you know impressionable kids looking at or seeing uh, without parent supervision. Where I believe this JLA Adventures Trapped in Time uh, DVD is specifically 
aimed at a very young audience who you know can can watch these things and, and enjoy them without uh, you know any parents' concerns about uh, material involved in them. Well, wouldn't you want though to have a kind of a a wing of your direct to DVD release department that would concentrate on children, on a younger audience, on a family you audience, so. you know, for the for the sole purpose of, uh, you know, I'm, I know everyone is heartbroken to hear it, but I'm going to die someday. And, and that means that there's got to be new people to keep watching these cartoons because, uh, you know, I, I represent all the other fans that are my age and when that time you know runs out there will be young kids who are my age now who grew up that didn't have anything aimed at them so had no idea that these were out there and then when that happens no one's going to be buying justice league war because no one's going to care about it because they won't have been taught to care about it by having things like the lego movie that's also coming out very soon here that, but it's mainly a Lego movie that has a couple of DC superheroes making little cameos in it. But then you have JLA Adventures trapped in time that you can only get at Target that a kid won't even know about. So unless their mother or grandmother or father or somebody happens to be in there and happens to pick it up, no one's going to see it anyway. Yeah, it is a very strange way of you know releasing something. I, I don't understand it. I'm with you. I think it's very bizarre. Um you know, it gained a lot of publicity amongst the fan sites because of the fact that it was something we hadn't heard about. And so it, uh, you know, it, it may have been an interesting kind of viral thing, uh, viral way of marketing, you know, look, oh, there's a stealth release. And even that state, that statement in itself, you know, a, state, a stealth release has uh, some, you know, unusual connotations to it amongst the fans that, they want to go check it out because it's you know it's not something they have heard about. You can't get it anywhere else. You've got to go to Target, you know, where these widely publicised things. Well, oh, yeah, I'll wait for it to come on DVD. I'll wait for it to, to sorry, I'll wait for it to come on TV. I'll wait for it to air. You know, I'm not going to go pick it up. Where this one, because it's a Target exclusive, you don't know if it'll ever be shown on TV. You go, oh, I've got to go get this one. It's only you know X amount of dollars. I'll go grab it and uh, you know because it might sell out fast. So I don't yeah, know. but then you're you're getting. You're getting the normal fans, the adult fans that are fans anyway and that are watching all these movies and then you're kind of defeating your whole purpose because it's supposed to be a movie for children. Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't pretend to understand how these <laughs> marketing people, uh, you know, do their jobs or, how, you know, what their thinking is in regards to something like a stealth release. It's interesting. We may try to uh, find out from somebody or interview somebody about you know, how do you come to a decision to do a Target exclusive stealth release of a JLA Adventures uh, animated, you know, 50-minute movie or whatever it might be? So, uh, but it is out there now. You can grab it through our online store at supermanhomepage.com slash shop uh, via Amazon. Uh, it is a little bit more pricey than you can get it from Target. But if you don't have a Target store near you or you're not in the USA, then it may be your only option. Um, I believe there are downloads, you know, illegal downloads, torrents and things that you can try to grab it from. But, uh, you know, we're not what? going to publicize where no. or how you get those. But uh, There couldn't be anything like that out there. Not at all. But no uh, JLA Adventures, Trapped in Time, uh, neither Scotty or I have seen it at this point in time. So maybe by our next podcast, we'll be able to give you our thoughts on it uh, once we have watched it.
Absolutely. I, 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 you know me, I try to keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> now, the other movie that is coming out, as I mentioned, the animated film Justice League War, had its uh, world premiere in uh, New York recently uh, at the Paley Center for Media. Um, and I've been there. Yes. That was on January 21st, uh, which is, funnily enough, the same release date as JLA Adventures Trapped in Time. But the world premiere of Justice League War uh, was attended by our own T.A. Hewitt, who uh, gave us our thoughts not only on the film, but also was able to interview some of the cast and crew at the red carpet there on the event. Uh, those videos are up on our YouTube channel and also on our website uh, to hear some of the thoughts from... Uh, some of the people involved with Justice League War, which gets a release on Blu-ray and DVD on February 4th. Looking forward to that. Now, it's also got a uh, East Coast, uh, sorry, no, a West Coast uh, LA premiere on the 31st of January, so soon after this podcast is released, and Rennie Cowan, uh, we'll be attending that for the Superman homepage as well. So we'll have some more interviews and more thoughts on Justice League War when that is uh, when that takes place. But definitely check out the interviews uh, from T.A. Hewitt that are up on the website because uh, James Tucker, one of the producers, uh, gave us some interesting insights into their plans for upcoming uh, uh, Warner Brothers animated films uh, basically, they'll be from this point onwards now that Flashpoint Paradox and Justice League War have been done, which are the new introduction or the introduction to the new 52 universe of comic book stories. Uh, he says that they'll be doing their own stories based off that continuity, uh, using those movies as a starting point. And then he says the plan is to do two movies in continuity and then one movie that's an offshoot. So looking at some of those older stories from the DC universe um, uh, at T.A. Hewitt in his interview, you know, suggested something like Kingdom Come. Uh, so they will be looking at some of the stories that are pre-New 52 DC Universe stories uh, as the, as, you know, ideas for uh, adapting into animated movies. But they will be concentrating on New 52-based continuity stories, not necessarily stories that came out of the comic books themselves, but their own stories based on that continuity. I think that that is a good way to go because it, like I was mentioning about the new Star Trek movies, when you're beholden to 35, 40, 50 years of history, then you have everyone saying, well, no, it has to be like this because this is the way it is. But when you when you kind of base it on what's going on but then make up your own thing, then no one can really say, well, that's not the way it was or that's not the way it happened. So it, it opens them up to many more creative avenues. Yeah, and... It makes sense for DC Entertainment, DC Comics, Warner Brothers Animation to consolidate their, you know, publishing, uh, broadcasting, um, animated films, everything that they're doing to try to consolidate it into what's happening now and here and now uh, within the publishing industry. And that at DC Comics is the new 52. So it makes sense for DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation to solidify that idea and use that as a basis for their animated films without foregoing some of the you know great stories and the, the great historic stories that we've seen in the past 75 years that they can also tap into. But obviously they want to concentrate on marketing what they're currently doing. 
Well, that makes complete sense to me. Yep. Okay. Well, let's uh, look elsewhere. As you mentioned, the Justice, sorry, the Lego movie released on February 7th uh, will involve Superman in a cameo capacity. I think Batman's got a little bit of a larger role than Superman or Wonder Woman, who both appear in this movie, as do a wide range of other characters from so many other different areas of popular culture, you know, Gandalf, uh, you know, all these different types of characters that have been Lego figures throughout uh, so many different uh, movie releases. And uh, the first ever full-length Lego movie will be released on February 7th in cinemas uh, around the world. And uh, we do know that, as I said, Superman will be in it, but uh, he'll be voiced... Um, I'm trying to look up the name of the, the actor. It's... Um, the Lego Movie will be voiced by Channing Tatum, who uh, obviously is a very popular actor at the moment. And uh, we saw a TV spot for the Lego Movie and we were able to hear Channing Tatum's voice as Superman for the first time in that TV spot. So uh, I think a lot of young fans will be, and some older ones, will be looking forward to the Lego Movie uh, to check it out. Now, who voiced the Lego Superman in the second Batman Lego movie? Oh, good question. It and would be kind of interesting if that was Channing Tatum as well, and then they just... No, I don't think know. it was. I think it might have been someone who's voiced Superman before in other... But, yeah, it's something I'd have to look up. Um, you've sprung that one on me without, uh, without any notice, so... Uh, Maybe one of our fans out there <laughs> listening may be able to answer that question, uh, but uh, it was something I'll have to look up to see who just who did voice Superman in That's uh, right. the Get game. That's right. Get involved. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting one. Good question, Scotty. All right. Thank let's you. let's find out uh, what's happening elsewhere. In uh, well, we have some TV news this week, Scotty. Okay. I'll tell the news. Yes, in TV news, we have the release of a four-CD set for Superman the Animated Series. The much-beloved TV animated series is getting an, a four-CD set original soundtrack from La La Land Records, uh, which is pretty exciting. La La Land Records did a Superman Returns uh, extended release recently, and now they're doing the same for Superman the Animated Series. That's my favourite Superman animated version is this Superman animated series. The only thing that I that I always missed in it was 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 the actual relationship developments between any of the characters. Really, there was no real development with Perry, no real development with the romance between Lois and, and Superman. But there were a couple sporadic points here and there. But uh, the idea that they're going they're going to have a whole four CD set with the soundtrack on it. It seems strange to I mean there was only three short seasons to begin with and uh, I don't remember there being I mean there was music all the time but it, I didn't I don't remember it being all that different from one episode to another that there could be a four CD set for it yeah well it uh, actually gets its release on well has been released on January 28th um, and as I said it's available from la la land records.com and they have teamed with us at the Superman homepage once again we will be shortly announcing a giveaway that you can win this four CD set of Superman the Animated Series limited edition soundtrack uh, from the Superman homepage as a contest. So uh, look for that on the website to get involved and possibly win yourself 
one of these limited uh, 3,000 copies of Superman the Animated Series, which features a 36-page booklet with attractive art and exclusive in-depth liners. Uh, and as with many La La Land releases, autographed copies will be available for the first customers who order these titles at lalalandrecords.com. And as I said, the title was released January 28th at midnight, or at midday, sorry, PS standard, Pacific Standard Time. So uh, check that out if you're uh, a fan of Superman the Animated Series. Travis Willingham. Who is that, do you wonder? That is the voice of Superman and the Batman DC superheroes uh, unite. Uh, I don't know who he is, but uh, he is also the voice of Gorilla Grodd in the JLA, JLA Adventures Trapped in Time. Um, he's voiced uh, Thor in Lego uh, uh, Marvel superheroes movie. Uh, he's done voices for video games and, and other things. So uh, I don't think he's been Superman before, but um, he's done a lot of voice work. There you go. We figured it out. I was wondering where you went there for a minute. I was anticipating you uh, replying to something and thought that you'd uh, left me, but uh, you were doing I actually your did research. start replying, but I had already turned my microphone off because <laughs> I was doing a search for this guy. So when I heard you prompt me there, I came in and I was speaking, and then and then I heard you say, "Okay, uh, I guess I'll do it." And <laughs> you started doing it, but I had I had I was speaking, but it, my mic wasn't on. There you go. So that's. Uh, don't say that we don't do our research here. We do it in the middle of the show. That's how good That's we right. are. That's right. Radio rule number one. <laughs> Always have your microphone on, too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into our comic book discussions. And, uh, well, the big announcement, uh, Michael Bailey actually was uh, not freaking out about this one, but was quite impressed or quite uh, intrigued by this announcement that Lex Luthor will not only be joining the Justice League, but might possibly be leading the Justice League in an upcoming uh, post-Forever Evil story uh, that will take place in the Justice League title. Well, like myself, Michael Bailey is a, uh, is a big fan of Lex Luthor being done correctly and, and being, you know, very smart and very intelligent and very strong-willed and, and kind of uh, arrogant but also uh, very uh, efficient in what he gets done mm -hmm. and what happens. So... The idea that Lex Luthor could be heading up the JLA is just such a weird but awesome kind of idea. Um, and, and seeing him, there, there was a cover release for it. He's in the front there, and the other heroes are kind of behind him. Even if Superman can't be in the front, which is uh, no longer his position uh, with DC, and normally it's Batman, at least I can see Lex Luthor <laughs> with Batman being small in the back uh, because it doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, Superman used to be the you – know, we were talking about the Super Friends cartoons. It was always the other heroes would build up and then Superman would be at the front, and uh, they don't really do that anymore. But uh, it's neat to see Lex Luthor there, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to happen and, of course, how he, he will meet his uh, – uh, I guess come up and sort of how he will get ousted from that position. Yeah, it's interesting to see Jeff Johns's comments in an interview where he says um, Lex doesn't realize what it's like to be a superhero, what the life is like. You make enemies, they attack you on a personal level, and he's just Lex Luthor. He has no code name, no mask. He has to deal with the ramifications of that. Uh, I think that's a very interesting take on exactly where that's going. Yeah, it's, it should be fun. Okay, so that happens in April uh, with issue number 30 
out on April 23rd. Uh, How many so, issues of Forever Evil are there supposed to be? I think there were four. I think there's one more due out uh, next, oh, well, this week as this is being released, January 29th. So uh, Forever Evil was scheduled for January 22nd, number five. But uh, I think there is, uh, that's, that was a week delay. So it should be out now for people who are listening to this show uh, to uh, read the, the I, I think it was only five issues, so... Uh, I might be wrong there, but uh, Forever Evil number five out at the end of January. Very good. Okay, well, let's move on to some of the comics that we have read this week. And first one that we want to look at is Superman number 26. Uh, and in this story, Lois struggles with her, um, I don't know what you call them, the, these powers that she's had from the whole Brainiac thing and uh, Parasite seems to have uh, honed in on that uh, power that she has uh, to, to try to siphon it off at the hospital where her body is. I was very happy to see Parasite. You know, uh, I, I, Parasite has always been kind of, in my opinion, a little used. And, and I feel like even, with, even in a movie situation, Parasite could be a great kind of um, – villain to have on screen but uh i loved him in the animated series i love the way they did it i i, I love the idea that uh even though superman is quote unquote invulnerable if this guy touches him he can siphon his power and make him weaker and weaker and and parasite at the same time gets some of those powers and gets stronger and stronger and and lois of course is emanating this immense amount of power that even she can't handle which is why she's in a coma but uh but parasite can sense it and is drawn to it and uh we see of course uh at the end uh, of the story that uh, that was exactly what he was going to the hospital for yeah superman initially thought it was for him that he was the source of uh parasite's interest but uh i was also very interested in the uh conversation and interactions between clark or uh, superman and Lois's boyfriend Jonathan and the pep talk that was given there because Jonathan was having these doubts about himself about his relationship uh quite an interesting dynamic there yeah Clark still being the nice guy even though um even though it looks like on his face at the end there he's either he's either feeling bad for Jonathan I like how his name is Jonathan or he's feeling bad for himself. But the mm. weird thing is if he's feeling bad for himself, I'm not sure where that comes from. It's kind of it's kind of out of left field because there is no romantic relationship right now between Lois and Clark and Clark is dating I guess the most powerful woman on the planet. So yeah. I'm not really sure what his deal is. It's interesting there because they're hinting at something that we know has existed in history, the, the Lois and Clark relationship, and but it's not something that's necessarily been played out in this continuity. So it doesn't really fit in with what's come before. But also what's interesting here is Lois saying that, you know, knowing that Clark and Superman are one and the same and saying that once she wakes up from this coma or whatever she's in at the moment... She's going to be breaking this story. Don't worry about it, Clark. Sorry, but that's a big story. I'm going to be I'm going to be revealing to the world your secret. Yeah, it's unfortunate she's going to lose her memory and stuff mm. before she wakes up from the coma and, and not remember that that was the case. But uh, for now, it's kind of interesting to hear her kind of uh, threatening him. But uh, the weird thing, the thing that bothers me, and I've talked about this before, 
is that way back in I don't know what it was uh, Superman twenty three maybe this story had it to be continued and then we had the 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 crossover event with the, with the Superboy Supergirl and and Action Comics and the, the annuals and and now we're back to it and we're in the middle of it and instead of instead of getting to see the reactions of Supergirl and Superman at the loss of of Khan and 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 what's going on there we get a Supergirl story about you know vampirific Lobo and we get this story continuing from where it was before it's like the new 52 was supposed to streamline everything make it easier to read you know be a place where readers could come in and, and understand what was going on and the continuity would be all ironed out and everything would be but we're all over the place there's no there's no set timeline there's no set actual order of books there's no way to follow one story and and actually feel or see the emotions of the characters involved in that story before we're off doing something else because something got delayed or or, or something got cast aside for a while while we do something we weren't supposed to do and now we're in that and it's just very it's 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 very frustrating to me yeah i guess having been a fan and having grown well not grown up but having started uh comic book reading during the the triangle numbering times where from week to week you were following the same story uh, in a different book, but there was you know each, uh, the writers were just continuing the one storyline from week to week in across different titles. It made it easier. But now and and with delays, you're going uh, okay. Where was where was I at with this story? Because I'm reading three other Superman stories at the moment. <laughs> one in Superman Unchained. One in Batman, Superman, one in Superman, Wonder Woman, one in Action Comics, and now I am back at Superman number 26. I can't remember what, like it's been a month and I've read all these other storylines in between that I can't, re, you know, I can't remember where I was at, which is, it doesn't surprise me that people buy trade paperbacks you know, to collect the story and just read it in one sitting rather than get confused from week to week trying to remember a, you know, a, a, a story thread uh, amongst five other story threads going on amongst five other titles. Well, that's another issue that I have with digital. And, and you you put out a uh, a big blue report a few weeks ago that, that kind of touched on this, but not this specific point. And that is when I used to wait three or four months for all my books to build up, I would then be able to read all four parts of a story in order, even mm. if the triangles weren't there and even if it was with digital – this is Superman 26, and we're back to the Parasite, lowest superpower story. And then we had two issues or something in between where we were at Return to – actually, it was only one of each book. So I guess it was Superman 24 that must have been the last time we saw this story. Mm. But I can't separate them in digital. Like if I wanted to go back and read them, I would have to write them down – go through them all to see which stories correlate to which other stories, see what order they go. You know, if you, you would have actual books, you could put, you know, Action 893, uh, Superman 25, you know, uh, Adventures of Superman 6, and you'd know that those three in that order were part one, two, and three of whatever story you were reading. With digital, that's I, I feel that's another drawback, and as you wrote up in, in your report, maybe – Maybe we'll see more of that as the digital popularity goes on with your ability to kind of white box them even though they're 
even though they're in digital form, maybe you can figure out maybe they can introduce something where you can actually separate them into categories or well, lists, storyline. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. They, there is definitely some room for improvement on the digital front as far as helping people um, keep their collections in a, you know, a reading order of some, some kind. Uh, but let's move on to Superman, sorry, Batman Superman number seven, which was this video game story that you weren't too impressed with uh, in the middle of the story. Now this chapter sees the conclusion of that story. Uh, Superman seemed to be quite the heroic figure in this one. What did you make of it? Did it improve for you with the conclusion? Well, I will say that I was teary at the end of the story. Oh. Uh, just to, you know, and now people know that, so I guess I'm ruined forever. But <laughs> Your reputation the, uh, is gone. That's right. Um, I love to see Superman portrayed in this kind of light. And when I, when I read it, I go, how could anybody, how could anybody say, I hate Superman. How could anybody seeing what this guy does in this story? And to me, as bad as the story was disjointed, as 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 confusing as it was at times, as much as I hated every single video game player in the story, <laughs> including Jimmy Olsen, this part of the story completely exemplifies what Superman is supposed to be and what he is at his best. And that is somebody who cares about every single person to a fault, which is sometimes why his villains can get the better of him, at least for a period of time. You know, it reminds me of Superman too. He cares. He actually cares for these earth people uh, like pets. And so even Batman calls him an idiot, but the whole thing was he risked, himself and everything else because he was unwilling to destroy the machine thinking that it would kill Batman but at the same time he believed enough in humanity that they would come through and that they would be able to break the hold and it worked and then he gets this woman her loan and I, it was very touching I thought at the end which was weird for this story because it was just all over the place yeah no I was impressed with the way it ended and it kind of yeah it was disjointed and was a bit all over the place and a bit confusing to follow, but uh, it was... I was shocked, shocked that Superman got to be the guy in this story because yeah. DC doesn't usually go for that. And and in a Batman-Superman book where Batman's name is first and Batman's usually the smart one, the, 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 the one who figures everything out and the one that does everything, to see Superman kind of outthink the genius... It was good. Uh, I, it was beautiful for me. Yeah. Now, next up is Superman Unchained, number five. And in this one, Superman takes, uh, he's with Wraith in the fortress, and that seems to have been the plan all along because Ascension has taken over technology across Earth, and uh, it seems that the fortress's technology may be uh, well, an answer, a bit of a, um, a, bit of a, th a thorn in the side of Ascension because it's technology that's not Earth-based and it's not something that Wraith had brought in because he reveals, you know, all, all along that it was something that, you know, Earth's technology has been something that he's brought about that, uh, you know, thanks to his involvement, uh, we've, uh, you know, advanced along the paths that we have and now that was the, what Ascension has taken over and what did you make, what do you make of Wraith as, as a character? He's funny. He's, uh, you know, one moment I think 
he's coming around and I think he realizes that his mission is incorrect and, 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 uh, he's going to work with Superman for the better, betterment of mankind or whatever. And then the next minute he's apparently making a phone call to the general telling him where he is. But then a minute later we find out that he didn't really make that phone call that he's just messing with Superman. Mm. So he's got, he's got various sides of his personality. Mm, he's a, an interesting character and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because they're very similar in their power uh, levels, Superman and Wraith, uh, but we're just not sure where Wraith's uh, interests and uh, you know his, his loyalties lie at this point in time. So uh, interesting to see where Superman Unchained number five continues into number six. Uh, moving on as we are through the comics, uh, Action Comics number 27, uh, see Superman befriend the creature which he is named Bakar or Baka and uh, seems which is a noise that this creature is, as it makes uh, and Lana stumbles on a subterranean world where uh, we see a new an emergence of a new threat I'm loving this story mm. <laughs> I don't know why it's the first time in a while that that I've been pleased with action comics. Two stories in a row, and of course they're continued. This this Baca story. I love it. I love I love the kind of um pet role that yeah. that that this creature and Superman has taken him in. I, I I was angry. I was so upset that he threw him into the sun. And then when I found out that he didn't throw him into the sun, I was so elated. <laughs> I think I teared up there too. And this, you know, to see him kind of cuddle up on the blank on the cape in there, in the the cell, but not really a cell that he put him in the containment field, and then to see him get out and and how he bops around in there, and Superman just finds it funny. It reminded me a little bit of Crypto, but I just thought it was I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good, and it's uh, it's interesting to see how this will play out because you know he has got this kind of relationship with this creature, and he you know seems to be friendly, and even though you know there's some. Obviously, he's a monster when he, you know, gets provoked, and now we have this. Uh, well, the, I guess the world where he's from, the subterranean world, uh, where more of these creatures are coming out, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays into this story and where this villainous creature, or if he's a villainous person, that comes along uh, to reclaim Bakar and 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 see where that goes, because it's not something we've seen really. It's it's not predictable at this point in time. And what I love too, and it reminds me of. Uh the ending of um, Batman Superman number seven. And that is that Superman kind of knew that there was something different about this, that it wasn't just Mm. a doomsday type creature that was going to destroy everything. And he felt badly about what it, what was going on. And obviously things were getting destroyed, but he, you could, you could tell from that point on, he didn't want to hurt the creature, but then they fooled me, as I said, and made me thought think that he thought there was no other choice and he had to throw it into the sun. And even in the next page or something, he says, you don't know how difficult it is to throw something into the sun. Then we find out that he didn't. But the interesting thing we get to see there is that even at the expense of people, the people in the armed forces thinking that Superman has turned against them, he'll do it to protect this creature I, I I think again that is Superman to me. Mm. That is that is what he should be. Now, Superman Wonder Woman number four was another interesting story or continuation of a story where the relationship between the two has become public knowledge thanks to Cat Grant leaking it on ClarkCatropolis.com. 
um, and the ramifications from that, including uh, Zod's uh, nefarious plans. Zod. You know, the weird thing is, is that when when they show Feora in this story, she looks like Feora from the movie. Yeah. She's got that that armor on with the big arms yeah. and the, the shoulder thing and the short hair and and uh, and Zod looks different, but that's okay. Um, but how many times have we seen and how many different versions of Zod have we seen? And and just it seems to me in a very short period of time. Yeah, there have been a number of them. Uh, I think now this is the first one, obviously, in New Fifty Two. First time we're seeing him, and it was interesting that you know Superman thinks these containment cells are you know there as you know like almost like jail cells, and yet Zod's been obviously has more understanding of Kryptonian technology and history, and knows that they're more like containment uh, storage facilities uh, that can be opened from the inside if you're not a mindless beast that has been contained in them. Yeah, and he says to him, "I knew you wouldn't know the uh, secret password." that was established on Krypton long before you even got these items, before you were even born or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he was able to, he gave him so much access, you know, that's another way that, not to say he's a dumb brute or he's stupid. That's a lot of times, that's the way non-fans look at him. But that's another one of his failings where people say he's too powerful, he could do anything. And that is his naivety. That is the the idea that, He'll trust anyone until they give him a reason not to. Yeah. But sometimes that trust is so dangerous because waiting to give a to give a person time to to give you a reason not to trust them can turn into something pretty terrible. Especially when you're a Superman uh, and the you know stake of people's lives, or people's lives are at stake. And uh, so it it is interesting. His naivety has you know been a thorn in his side in this story. And, you know, maybe a thorn in his side in regards to his relationship with Wonder Woman because they just assumed that, you know, it would be okay. And now he's got to deal with uh, Kat having leaked the story on his own website, you know. So it, uh, there's some interest there. Uh, some fans haven't necessarily been, uh, you know, that impressed with the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship, not finding it very interesting. But I think the story is going along nicely myself. I'm enjoying it. I think I think a lot of it stems from the annoyance or the 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 nostalgic feelings that people have for the Lois and Clark relationship. Mm. And we may get there, as I've said before, at some point. Right now, we're early in their careers, and this is going on, and this is another adventure and another time in their lives. So I think I think a lot of people have a hard time letting go of something that they want so badly for these characters and 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 uh, the 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 idea that Superman and Lois are supposed to be together and and Wonder Woman's almost like a homewrecker even though she isn't in this particular case mm. I think is hard for some people to get by. Yeah. All right, well let's move outside the comic book world and just want to touch on briefly the uh legal battle over the rights to Superman. The Schuster side of things, the Schuster estate, uh, had uh, their lawyer, Mark Tobroff, had put in a petition for a rehearing. That petition had been denied, and that ends the long-running battle over the rights to Superman. Denied! As far as the Schuster side of things is concerned, uh, the Seagulls still have a, uh, a hearing, um, and that is to be done, I believe, uh, in February. Uh, they get to schedule a file uh, and 
then Warner Brothers gets to respond in March. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. But from the Schuster side of things, it's uh, it's all over. Rejected. Now, yeah, uh, just briefly, uh, the Infinite Crisis uh, multiplayer online battle arena uh, video game, uh, Superman is now a playable character. So if you're involved in that uh, game, Infinite Crisis, uh, you can now play as Superman. Yeah, it's in a beta stage right now. I don't know much about this game. I watched the trailer for the, for, for the Superman playable character. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it almost looks like, I don't know, like a gauntlet-type game or um, it even looks a little bit like Diablo where you walk around and you fight skeletons in that game. But in this case, it's other villains, uh, monsters, heroes. And, and you know, like most of the video for Superman shows him beating up on Catwoman. It's just <laughs> the weirdest thing because he's smashing her with things. He's hitting her with heat vision. He's freezing her. He's throwing her across the screen. And she just keeps walking and it's fine. Yeah, if you are interested uh, in Infinite Crisis, head to or you want to know more about it, infinitecrisis.com is the website where you can uh, check it out. Uh, neither of us have played it or not much into video games from uh, this perspective. So uh, head to infinitecrisis.com for further details about Superman joining as a playable character in that multiplayer online battle arena. start with the big question big question time and uh last month we had a question asking uh what do you think of gal gadot being cast as wonder woman for the upcoming superman batman movie sadly scotty nobody had any opinions whatsoever we received no replies to this big question which is the first time that has happened to us wow in a hundred and uh however many episodes uh, episodes that's the first time there's been no responses yeah. Well, it's got to be my fault. Well, I was about to blame you, so I'm glad you did it. <laughs> uh, that's weird. What happened to uh, all the regulars, all the people who uh, you know we we uh, we talk to every month? Well, just interrupting quickly here because at the very last moment, uh, soon after Scotty and I recorded the podcast, we received an actual response to the big question about Wonder Woman from John Arthur Beeman, who wrote, Wonder Woman is my second favorite superhero of all time, and if Superman has to share the big screen to ensure she finally comes alive in the theater, I'm all for it. I've always felt that Superman and Wonder Woman were destined to be together because in the end of the end, ev- after everyone else is gone, Clark and Diana will still be there for each other. Lois Lane and Steve Tre- Trevor are the great loves of their lives, for sure, but time has a way of changing things, and destiny is a funny thing. So thank you, John Arthur Beeman, for sending in a reply. We did receive one. But uh, we return now to the previously recorded podcast where Scotty and I were of the belief that we had received no responses. So back to that right now. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe Wonder Woman's not something that they're that uh, keen on responding to. Uh, let us know you know, what you think of the big question segment of the show. Is it something you want us to continue on doing or... Uh, is you know is there something is it the questions we're asking? Let us know, you know what uh, your feelings are. Why certain people haven't got involved with this segment uh, in this particular month? But we're new people. Yeah, 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 new people. You know what's your? I mean, we've got a lot of listeners to this show. Um, 
and is it can you not find the big question form that you have to fill in? Is there is it uh, is it you know something technical that's uh, preventing you from getting involved with this segment of the show? Please let us know. We're interested in your feedback on this particular uh, segment of the show. Whether we need to continue on it, whether we need to tweak it, uh, what it is about it that uh, you know you you want to see. But uh, we will forge on and pose a new big question to uh, to see how we go in the next podcast. I wonder if, if uh, part of the reason was that we released this on, on Christmas Day. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Uh, the la- last months, and um, people were just busy with holidays. And, you know, the holidays don't really end until the second week of January, mm-hmm. and people get back to work, and they might have listened to the show during the holidays or something and, and not gotten around to it because they were busy and just not happened this month. But uh, if that's not the case, as Steve said, you know, let us know what's up and, and if you're still interested. And and uh, and maybe we'll find out with our new big question, which is, how do you feel about Warner Brothers pushing back the release date of the Superman Batman movie to May 6th, 2016? And I would think that this would be a question that, that a lot of people have an opinion about. Yes, hopefully they will get involved with this new big question in this segment of the show. And to do that, you can head to supermanhomepage.com slash radio where you will find the big question button and you can fill out the form for the big question segment of the show to let us know how you feel about the pushback to the release date of the Superman Batman movie and each response we get will be read out here on Radio KAL. And now, of course, it's one. It's time for one of the newest segments on the show, the Superman comedy sketch. What do we have this time? Well, we have Bob Newart, who uh, had, does a, a comedy sketch about Superman and going to, and Superman going to the dry cleaners. So uh, check this out. Uh, interesting because he mentions Superman having a blue cape, which I think may be uh, a bit of a, an error there on his part. But uh, a gaff. Yes. Let's listen to Bob now. This is the thing. We've all gone through this. You send a suit out to the cleaners, and you get back somebody else's suit. And you try it on, it doesn't fit you, you know, you're tripping over the, the trousers and all that. It's not a major inconvenience, but it could be, supposing uh, Superman got, <laughs> got the wrong suit back from the cleaners. Now, he's, he's got a problem. <laughs> and uh, he is sitting in his office, disguised as Clark Kent. At the, at the Daily Planet, right? And the phone rings. Hello, hello. Yes, yes, this is Clark Kent. The, the mild-mannered reporter, yes. <laughs> you're, you're holding Lois Lane, and unless we come up with a million dollars by tonight, we'll never see her again. She... Suggested I contact a Mr. S. <laughs> yes, I know what she means. <laughs> could, could I put you on hold for just a minute? I, <laughs> I, I have a, a bit of a problem. <laughs> he- hello, hello, uh, B&W cleaners. Look, th- this is Clark Kent, and the mild-mannered reporter, yes. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm fine, fine, thank you. Listen, there's been a mix-up on my suits, and, and I, I need it. I, I have to go out on a job right now. I'm sure it's not my suit. I, look, I brought it in this morning on one day service. Now, I, let me describe my suit to you. The cape is kind of a royal blue <laughs> with, with white piping. And the leotards are, are kind of... <laughs> are kind of an off blue. No, they're, they're not my wife's, no. They're, they're mine, I'm, I'm not married. What, what's that supposed to mean? Look, maybe this will help you. On, on the jersey, there's a kind of red S. S for Clark Kent, yes. With, with an outfit like that, you, you wouldn't use your right initials either. <laughs> Look, how would you like somebody to leap over tall buildings in a single bound and land right on your store? <laughs> look, look, this is very important. Right, would you check with the morning man? Maybe he saw it. You don't recall him laughing. This is very difficult to explain. Uh, see, I sometimes fly in that suit. What, what do you mean you bet I do? All right, would you check with the clerk at the plant? Mm -hmm. This is very important. You see. Well, I have a crisis here. If, if you can't find it, you might tide me over with some Toreadors and a blouse. <laughs> How'd you like somebody to come down there and knock that silly cigar out of your mouth? <laughs> Never mind how I can see it, I can see it. <laughs> Look, you can't find the suit, is that it? I have someone on hold. All right. Hello, kidnappers. <laughs> could, could I speak with Lois, please? L Lois, baby? Uh, listen, I, I don't think we're going to be able to get you out of this one, Lois. <laughs> There you have it. Pretty funny segment there from Bob about uh, Superman, uh, his troubles at the dry cleaners. Yes. Well, at least he had the color right. I mean, I think he, he probably was just winging it. I mean, he knew what he was going to talk about, but he just that just came out that way. It was just kind of a slip maybe. But I think it's super secret soundbite time. Yes, uh, last month our super secret soundbite came from the LP record Superman's Christmas Adventure. Now, let's hear that sound again one more time. Morning, Superman. This is Santa Claus. Uh-oh. I don't like this. Superman, we need help. My reindeer have been kidnapped. Can you proceed to North Pole at once? You bet I can. Here, I'll just park this car, and then I'm off. Okay, Santa, here I come. Up, up, and away! 
There you have it. Now, uh, while nobody actually named the exact record correctly, uh, the following people did identify Bud Collier as the voice of Superman, thinking that it may have been from the 1940s radio series, which I guess technically it was, but it was an LP record. Uh, who were the people who guessed that, Scotty? Well, we have Dave Booth, Rick Ruiz, Patrick, and Mikey B. Good job, guys. Yeah, well, congratulations to those four. I'm impressed. I mean, that's kind of a um, uh, an obscure you know, who even has record players anymore as Superman's Christmas adventure. And, and those four guys knew it. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Well done. And if you want to listen to that Superman's Christmas adventure, you can find it on the Superman homepage, uh, in the radio sound section of the site and uh, check it out in full, but let's hear this month's new super secret soundbite. Do I have to go back to Krypton. Well, there you have it. If you think, you know, where in the world of Superman, that sound comes from, Use the super secret soundbite found at supermanhomepage.com slash radio to send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their na name read out in the next Radio KL podcast. And it's Superman song time. You know, the more I do this show, the more I realize that there are a lot more songs called Superman than I knew there were. <laughs> we have another one this month by Sean Desmond from his 2002 self-titled album. Check out his official website at seandesman.com. That's S-H-A-W-N-D-E-S-M-A-N.com. And the song is called Superman. Girl, can't you see? 
Superman by Sean Desmond, uh, an interesting song there from 2002. And with that song ends our show. Uh, it's been a, a great uh, oh, hour and a half or so being back with you for 2014, the first podcast of the year. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Now, remember, if there is a topic you think we need to discuss, if there's a song that you would like to suggest, uh, a big question you'd like us to ask uh, or your feedback on the big question segment as we mentioned uh, you want to give us or a sketch you'd like to hear, a comedy sketch that you know about. All those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at supermanhomepage.com slash radio and Scotty and I will endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, that is our show. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy 2014. And remember, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.